So when I got my first full-time corporate kind of job, it was a bit difficult for me to adjust to my new surroundings. This is where I actually came in contact with the real Dutch directness that I was talking about in my previous episode. Because apparently they love to argue, they love to discuss. This is all in positive terms because it's so nice to see constructive arguments going on in a place where you don't need to worry about being right, you need to be worrying about finding the objective of the discussion. So it was really uh, kind of difficult for me when the CEO called us in the room and asked us to ask him questions. Hello everybody and welcome to the Desi Dutch. So, when my CEO called me into the conference room, all of us, uh, the team, and asked us to talk about a certain topic, it was very difficult for me to, first of all, talk as well as not talk. Because if those of you who are listening or know me from my previous job in Pakistan, I was vocal. I was very vocal in discussing my issues and sometimes that would be also causing problems because this is where I want to take you. Working in Holland in this kind of a, an industry or this kind of a corporate really is has a stark difference to working back in Pakistan. So I'm going to take you through both, right? So when I was there, that is where I witnessed my proper Dutch directness because I had this colleague who would always talk, right? He would always discuss with his superiors, with his peers, and uh, he was typical Dutch and I was like, you know what, it's all good and well, but when the CEO comes in, you need to like try to be more not candid is the way I want to say, right? But no, he started asking questions about, is there any point in the presentation that you're making? Because we all know what we want to talk about. Can we go ahead for question and answers? Because I feel like this is a waste of time, right? And I was, particularly I was a bit confused when I heard that because Back in Pakistan, you could never say such a thing without basically destroying your career, right? Or here, they have such an open culture that they they encourage these kind of uh, questions, encourage openness, right? Now switch back to Pakistan. My uh, boss told me that I should never directly talk to or question his superior without asking him first. That's how my culture was back in Pakistan. So for example, if his superior wants something from me, he can directly ask me, right? But if I want to discuss something with him, I have to go through the appropriate channels according to them. So I cannot raise an issue directly to Mr. X saying that, hey, Mr. X, I'm just, I'm thinking about this question and I'm just worrying, wondering that, what do you think about this? And he would, the first thing Mr. X would say would always be, hey, have you talked to Mr. Y, who's your boss? I said, no, I thought he was busy, so I thought I'd directly come to you. He said, no, you're not allowed to come to me before discussing this with your boss. Mr. Y will come with me with, will come to me with this question so that we can discuss this appropriately. You have to understand the hierarchy of the company, right? That's what I was told, a lecture on my first few weeks when I was in that company. Now, mind you, the people aren't bad, right? The people in Pakistan are not these devils whom I'm talking about, right? I'm speaking for all the people working in these kind of environments, not just in Pakistan, it could be in 
Saudi Arabia, it could be in India, it could be in any uh, country which does not respect or did not, does not uh, understand the value of an open culture. Not everyone is okay with a flat hierarchy. Even here in the Netherlands, you have companies which do not have a flat hierarchy, some financial institutions, some investment wealth, wealth management firms, same long hours, same hierarchy, the same thing. It's like you're back in Pakistan. So I had the privilege of working in a very startup-ish kind of company. So I had this benefit, right? So back in Pakistan, this is the case. You have to respect the hierarchy. You have to respect the dress code. You have to, it was very stringent. Yeah, you have to go to the proper channels. You have to make small talk if you want to get your stuff done. And the worst of all, the worst of all, everything is urgent. Right? You must have heard that saying that if everything is urgent, then nothing is urgent, right? But that was the case in Pakistan. It was very ad hoc for me. I would be working constantly back and forth, back and forth uh, on stuff that my boss would drop down on me that, hey, you know what? My boss is asking me for this. Leave whatever you're doing, do this. So there was no project management properly. It was just whatever the boss wants, you give. Whatever the boss wants, you give. That's how I spent my two years. I had certain kinds of projects in the middle, like three, four. But mostly, mostly it was like managing this ad hoc operation stuff, which technically wasn't supposed to be there. It was supposed to be automatic, but they were not really interested in that, right? Fast forward and change to this company where... I get the opportunity to work in a team, which is a software team. So they work with agile methodology. Now, of course, there's a stark difference between a normal team and a software team in terms of the agile methodology. But it was applied to me as well because I'm working as an analyst. I'm not working as a software dev. And you could see the complete difference in the fact that, okay, you're not allowed to do any ad hoc work. Whatever you think we need to do, we're going to discuss your objectives. We're going to put them in a task management app in which we're going to score them. And that's what you're going to be working on for the next two weeks. And then we're going to two weeks later, we're going to do this again. And two weeks later, we're going to do this again. And in sprints, you will be only doing work which is assigned to you. You're not going to be doing any ad hoc work as of yet. And even if there was an ad hoc work, like, for example, my boss did ask me once, hey, can you make this graph for me? Can you get this data for me? And I said, yeah, shall I put it in the task management app? He said, no, you don't need to. It's ad hoc. I said, okay, if it's ad hoc, do you need it right now? He said, no, it's not right now. You do your sprint tasks first. If you get time, then you do this, right? Completely different to what in Pakistan, if my boss tells me, hey, I need this, I'll be like, hey, I'm working on something. Can I get this? He's like, no, do this first. Then we're going to think about what you're doing is important or not. So really, you had no perspective where you were going. Well, here you have a little bit of perspective. I don't know if this is just uh, this company that I'm talking about, which is like this, or that company in Pakistan, which I'm talking about, was that bad, that both countries actually have similar working ethics. But in my experience, it's been a stark difference in what I get here and what I get there in terms of these little, little things. Working from home, for example, in Pakistan, you could kill your career in, in, at least in my company while working from home because they believed in the concept of being there present. So overtime was a must. Being present in front of the key stakeholders was a must if you want to succeed in your career. While here, they say, if you're getting your work done, we all know what you're doing. So because of this methodology, the sprint methodology, the tasks that are assigned to you are seen by everybody in the team that is it done, is it in review or is it progress? And you can do it wherever you're sitting doesn't matter as long as you get your tasks done, right? These kind of big, big differences in the working ethics uh, of Pakistan and Holland for me has been different, like very, very different to even 
absorbed for now, right? So as I was saying, that meeting allow I do talk. I do talk a lot. In that meeting, I did talk as well with my CEO that, hey, you know what? I think this, I think that. But I wasn't as direct as my Dutch colleague. I was trying to be, I discuss, have a constructive uh, discussion. And he was really, really forthcoming and listening and everything. And everybody was really uh, into it. But you don't know, to be honest, what happens behind the curtain for now, right? Because in Pakistan, the same thing happened, right? I had this discussion with a lot of my uh, superiors and the superiors were not willing to listen to me. So in a public forum where he said, ask me questions, I asked him these questions about my perspective. I said, hey, I don't see any perspective, no project management. I don't want to blame anybody because all of my key stakeholders are working for me. But I feel like I'm lost. So he said, hey, if you're lost, please talk to us and everything. And he was very nice in discussing, right? Okay, you know what? This is, this is the case. It's okay. I'm here to support you. But when I went outside, everybody, and this was an office full of, I think, 300 people. Everybody who I met told me that you killed your career. I said, what do you mean by that? Like I did, he said, ask me questions. And they said, yeah, that's, that's just political, uh, corporate political correctness mumbo jumbo that, hey, ask me questions, but you're not supposed to ask questions. That Didn't you see that you were the only one who was asking questions? I said, yeah, but like then don't hold these kind of forums. They're like, no, it's a public company. It has an image. They have to keep up with the image that they're leading by example, et cetera, et cetera. But you just killed your career because now you will never be progressing because this, the, the head has seen you and now he knows who not to promote. I said, that doesn't make sense. So I talked to my boss and he said, I don't want to be I don't want to lie to you. I want to be honest with you. What you did was very, very bad. And I said, what do you mean by that? Like, it's it's a discussion point. He said, I understand that because I know you. The head doesn't understand that because it doesn't know you that much. So you could have been much more careful with that. And imagine you as a young guy, graduate who's starting out this company, wants to make a mark, is ambitious, asking questions, learn, trying to learn, gets shut down because you're not following the company's regulations. Right. It reminds me of those uh, those questions, uh, those statements and all those uh, beautiful quotes you listen to or hear or read in LinkedIn, Facebook about, you know what, if you aren't a cultural fit, we won't hire you. But why does he have to be a cultural or she has to be a cultural fit? Don't doesn't the organization need to think outside of its own comfort zone or else how will you grow? If you don't have people challenging you, bringing in new perspectives, if all of you are hiring people who are the same perspectives, aren't you really moving backwards? Now, that methodology is applied here in Holland because when they hired me, they said, I am responsible. I am autonomous in my analytical role because I am responsible for everything related to analytics in this company, which is the kind of responsibility I was never given before. Pakistan, my old company, my old boss was a micromanager because his boss was a micromanager. That's what we've been always taught to micromanage. Hey, you know what? Can I, I'll, I want to see you do this. I want to see you do that. While here, my boss only meets me twice a week. He gave us more extra autonomy last, uh, last week saying that, you know what? I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm going to be also taking off as scrum master because I feel like you guys are going good. You do it to yourself. I'll nominate one of you as scrum master. And now I'm gone. I'm busy in doing managerial stuff of promoting this team and getting it on the on the corporate level and he's gone i don't see him for weeks sometimes but when he comes back he knows exactly what i've done because of that app that we have in which the software tells us that hey how much we're working in and how much effort we're putting in and then he 
takes our time every two weeks, three weeks to meet all of us personally, one-on-ones to discuss our problems. This kind of leadership and management style is completely new to me. And this kind of management style is something I want to share with you guys because this is, I believe, what works for me and I believe what works for anybody who wants to be in a good company because you want your leadership to listen to you. You want your leadership to support you. And more than that, you want your leadership to trust you. Autonomy is a very, very important aspect of a job. Mostly when people are unhappy and in my own experience is because I'm not autonomous. I wasn't autonomous back in Pakistan. I I had to ask my boss about everything. Can I do this? Can I do that? Can I do this? And when I moved here, I still had the same culture shock. I was asking my boss, hey, can I do this? Can I do that? Can I do this? And he's like, why are you asking me all the time? I don't get it. I said, because in my old job, it's completely normal for us Pakistanis to be like, you know what? Hey, boss, what do you need? He's like, no, you don't need to ask me that. You need to tell me what you need to do. You know why you were hired. You know the project we're working on. So you tell me how you can, you can, what do you say, contribute to the company. While in Pakistan, it's more like you're told what to do till you get to a managerial position. Then you can be your own boss. But for the first few years, it's just going to be listen, say nothing, and just do. Which was... uh, okay for me because I was used to that kind of jobs right back home it was how we were taught but moving here it's been a very very difficult uh, like you can say culture shock and transition for me to make into being a person who has to contribute who has to like push instead of pull instead of taking it in I have to push it out of me okay you know what hey I can work on this model I think this is a great dashboard idea I think this is the way we can really look into our data Things I never thought I had in my mind because I was always taught to be fed, not to feed, right? And that's the that's the beauty of being able to feed. That when you throw out your perspectives, people challenge those perspectives, people accept those perspectives. And that shows you that, hey, you know what? I am my own self. I have my own ideas. And I'm thriving in a place where I'm being challenged and I'm being supported and I'm being like... Basically, I'm being helped to grow into a better person. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Please follow me at Instagram at I am Desi Dutch so that you can let me know if you like this episode or not. And also keep up to date with any things happening in NL which is related to Desi people and also my own personal journey going through the Netherlands. Bye bye.